Welcome to Hopecast, the podcast making suicide a part of the everyday conversation. My name is Lauren and I'm the host of Hopecast. And I'm Maddie and I work as a suicide prevention advisor and I'm co-hosting on this episode of Hopecast. On this episode, we'll be talking about money worries and the taboo around talking about our finances. And talking about money is something that we do tend to shy away from, especially talking about being in financial trouble. There's a lot of stigma surrounding that in society. People in debt are three times more likely to have thoughts of suicide in the past year. And sudden financial triggers can lead to suicidal thoughts and behaviours, whether that's an unexpected income shock, a rapid accumulation of fees, change in interest rates, debt. It can really challenge a person's sense of self. Not to mention any pressures that they may feel. They could be the role the, the, in their family, maybe the breadwinner. They may feel a lot of pressure not being able to provide that security. It can create feelings of hopelessness, being a burden and having no way out. It's shocking when you hear those statistics out loud that people in debt are three times more likely to have thoughts of suicide in the past year. And I think it hits home more because it's such an easy spiral to get into debt. It's the thing, it, it is a spiral. And I think the because of the stigma that's surrounding there, there's a lot of barriers that people have to reaching out for help and they can bury their head in the sand around it. And I think pride plays a massive part in that because nobody wants to admit they're in financial trouble. No one wants to say they've got themselves into debt or they're living beyond the means. It's, it's a really tough cycle to break. And it's incredibly common as well. You know, many people are in debt, just as many people think about suicide, you know, and there is help out there. And I think just the generation that we're in, we do live paycheck to paycheck and just for the cost of living and how life is. People do live month by month and savings are really, really hard to accumulate. And a really interesting statistic I found, employees experiencing financial stress are twice as likely to experience thoughts of suicide and self-harm, which is really a sad statistic. Absolutely. And I think that Christmas coming up as well, that can heighten those worries. Absolutely. Especially during Christmas, the per- that period anxieties around money are heightened and we tend to use a better period to hide behind our problems put on a brave face we want to see what we're really generous we're having the best time ever but it can make it you feel even worse and make even more unrealistic financial commitments concept absolutely lauren and, and and i think that people thinking about suicide use christmas as a protective factor too you know i'll just have to get through christmas and after christmas those feelings can heighten as well people experience suicidal thoughts all year round at christmas it can be a protective factor but it can also impact somebody's suicidal thoughts too is that something you hear a lot of on hope blind uk yeah every everybody's story is different um everybody thinking about suicide thinks about it for different reasons but the festive period can be both a contributing factor and a protective factor as well it can help to keep them safe but that fear about money in general can be a huge contributing factor this is why you're a perfect fit for this episode maddie is because of your background as well before joining hopeline uk you also worked at citizens advice so you you know how these things work yeah so i worked in the the benefits side of of the advice service um but they do also support with deaths as well and i think something that was really highlighted to me working there is the huge stigma that is in society around being in debt but also accessing benefits as well I think that I think it's a a bit of a media frenzy but also societal views that people do feel a lot of shame applying for benefits that they're entitled to you know millions of benefits go unclaimed each year and 
people are entitled to those benefits and it can maximise income as well. But yeah, there's a huge a huge stigma around that, just as there is with suicide as well. I think that stigma is that, that, is that word, isn't it? It's the shame. People assume there's a shame with saying that I'm claiming benefits. I need, I can't support myself. I can't support my children. I need the government's support. And that shame comes in there. And then you don't talk about it or you think, oh, I can't accept that. You're not going to, you're not going to seek that help, are you? And then but you're going to, pride's going to get in the way of you get seeking that support you need. Yeah, I mean, I would advise anybody, you know, whether you're working or, you know, whether you have a health condition to do a benefits check. There's, there's a website um, called Entitled To. And if you go onto that website, you can do a, a quick benefits check. But before making any application for benefits, get that benefits advice as well from Citizens Advice or your local welfare rights office as well. You know, the, there's support out there to check that what you're doing is the right decision for you as well. I think timing-wise, this is the perfect time to do this episode because of the cost of living. The Christmas, we're now in December and those money worries are very much there. So this is the perfect time to see if you're entitled to any support, have that safe conversation surrounding money like you would suicide. It's the right time for that, this episode. This is the new myth or fact segment of Hopecast. There are so many myths surrounding suicide and the aim of this section is to dispel some of these myths. In this segment of Hopecast, we try to eliminate these common misconceptions. Suicidal people do not ask for help. Many people do show signs that they're thinking about suicide. They might not ask for help directly. They might not say, I'm suicidal and I need help, but they may give out much more subtle signs, slight differences that that's how they're feeling. I think that there are cases where where people are bereaved or following a suicide attempt, they didn't um, give out any signs that they were feeling that way, but many people do. And I think that we need to kind of tune in to what those signs might be and if there's anything that's worrying you at all to get that advice on what to do next no absolutely and the fact that talking saves lives having that safe conversation even though it's a really really tough one to have it breaks that taboo and it it can save it, it can save someone's life and having that safe space and I think it's really important as the recipient in that conversation it might be somebody's expressed suicidal thoughts or the planning suicide or they the wanting to act on that being really calm and listening to what the person's saying, not reacting like, oh my God, you, you've told me this, I'm going to ring the police or I'm going to put in that fear into them. It, it's being really calm and listening to what they're saying as well. And I think, you know, if, if people do need advice on on how to have that conversation, they can contact Hope Man UK. Um, but it, it's very much like you say about having that direct conversation. Something I hear in relation to this myth, so suicidal people do not ask for help, is also that if they do ask for help, that they're not serious or that they're attention seeking. And I think that that's a really dangerous follow up to that myth that people who do ask for help aren't really thinking of suicide. You know, it takes a lot of courage to to say that you're having suicidal thoughts, whether you're the person that has said that out loud or whether somebody has asked you and you've confirmed it it takes a lot of courage to to reach out for that help and as caregivers you know how we respond to that we have to take people seriously we have to ensure that we're giving them the help that they need to keep safe from suicide absolutely and it's it's a scary thing as well for somebody experiencing that thing they're putting a lot of trust in you 
in finding in them and having that conversation. They obviously respect and trust and hope that you can help them. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't have that conversation. And I think one thing I've learned um, in recent months is about invitations as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think when you look on reflection, you think, oh, I didn't see that or that was a little subtle way that they were letting me know positively and negatively. It might be giving away possessions. It might be somebody who's had quite a depressive episode they suddenly become really positive and it looks like to other people that they've overcome the struggles and it looks like they're getting better well actually that can sometimes be an invitation yeah and, and I think that's what makes it so complex around asking for help because it's not always just I'm struggling I need help sometimes it is those really subtle signs like you say but everybody's different and I think that that's what makes it so hard to notice these signs it is essentially any change you know any change in that person could be an indicator that they're thinking of suicide but then there's also things like where is the line so you know on hope line we hear from many concerned others that ask is this just normal teenage behavior or is there something more to it because there are points in your life whether it's when you're a teenager and your hormones pregnancy you know, time of the month, as per se, you know, there's times when your behaviour may change anyway, any loss that you've experienced, whether that's a bereavement or whether it's a job loss, finances, like this episode's about, your behaviour will change anyway. And there's no harm in asking that question. Are you thinking about suicide if you notice somebody's behaviour has changed? Definitely. And I think it's it's just been ob- observing that and monitoring that there's a difference between, you know, those examples there it might be an, a, a, a turn thinking of that's a bit out of character or you just that little pattern of behavior and I think it's an interesting one when people say oh suicidal people don't ask for help they might not know how to ask for help so maybe that's why they do invitations I think no suicide or suicidal ideation is the same people which can make it a bit more difficult even more difficult the pattern's completely different so it being aware of that and sometimes that you need to start that conversation saying like you saying there Maddie are you thinking about suicide is there something is there something there but making it really clear what you're asking about as well so Mm -hmm. asking you know are you thinking about suicide or are you thinking about ending your life um you know if we ask are you thinking about harming yourself we don't know what we're dealing with you know that could mean anything but also if we ask with any judgment there we have to be really careful we want to keep that conversation open we don't want to close it down and the more direct we are we know what it is we're dealing with and we can support that person you can't beat around the bush with it you've just got to you know and it is really really difficult and it takes bravery of the the person starting that conversation on whatever side it's on it does take real bravery and that's what hopeline uk is there for isn't it maddie yeah you know it's not an easy conversation to have i think i in an ideal world nobody wants to have this conversation with anybody that they love and care about or that they're supporting in a professional capacity either um but if you are concerned about somebody and you're not sure how to broach that conversation call hopeline uk the number is 0800 068 4141 and we can guide you through that and that's why we're so excited later on. We're going to be joined by Anna Branding, who's a financial expert and she's the founder of TikTok's Money for Millennials Making Money. Talk conversations around money and methods around saving money and breaking the stigma surrounding debt. She's going to be a fantastic guest and she really appeals to young people. So I think that's going to be a really fantastic contribution to this episode. Absolutely. I think it's amazing that people are using those platforms to normalise talking 
about money. You know, it needs to be part of everyday conversation to start to smash that stigma. And it's going to be great because of this new segment, this new format of Hopecast. We're going to give you at home the opportunity to ask us questions and anything that's on your mind, anything linked to the guest, there's going to be a new feature on Hopecast. You can get involved and we're going to hear real questions. So we're going to ask Anna some questions of our own, but listeners can also get involved and ask their questions as well. So that's what we're really excited to get started with. So welcome to Hopecast, Anna. Hello, I'm really excited to be with you today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's an important one, isn't it? Yeah, and it's fantastic for having you as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's going to be good. So your TikTok, Anna, has just blown up, hasn't it? You've become a real sensation on there, talk, making money cool. I think you're bigging me up a bit more than I am, Lauren. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's quite, you know, you see some people's are like shooting to the millions, but um, I'm chugging away. But I... Um, yeah, it is, it's been surprising how much the conversation of money is connecting with people. So when I started it, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be like a big thing. It really wasn't what I was thinking. I was just like, I wanted to share my story, talk a bit about what I love, which is this topic. And it was, a, it was actually a big surprise how much it's connected. And I think talking about money and it breaks down the taboo surrounding it, doesn't it? Just as, as a charity, we talk about suicide and smashing that stigma. Why do you think it is that people are scared to talk about money? Yeah, I mean, just to say what you are doing is amazing. And the fact that you are opening up these conversations is just fantastic, which is why I'm so pleased to be here today. And I think the fact that you're also drawing money into that conversation is really, really important because it is a huge stress for people. It is a massive source of anxiety and worry. And it could be one of the underlying factors of other things, you know, other symptoms that come as a result of that anxiety and worry. So I actually found something that I thought would be really interesting to share, like to answer that question um, about why, like, why don't we talk about money? And I actually came across this the other day and it was um, from the Money Pension Service uk they said they did a, like a survey and they did a bit of research and they found the five most common reasons people don't want to talk about money and i thought this was really interesting because i was thinking actually if we know the why actually that can help us to um, frame the conversation and it might be a bit easier to start the conversation so the top five i don't know if you could guess what they were but um i'll, I'll shoot them off to you it is the first one was um 18 was shame and embarrassment yeah. So, yeah, you're all nodding your heads. I'm like, yes, I, I, I can feel that one. You know, you should. Oh, I feel like I should be here in my life. I should, you know, I, I should be better with my money than I am. You know, shame. You can, you can feel that one. Number two was uh, not wanting to be a burden on other people. So worrying that they might then take on your stress or worry like that's that's a that surprised me that one. Third one was um, it's not how you were brought up to talk about money. Like you just don't do that in our family very common one that was 15% of people number four was it causes stress or anxiety so just the talking about it causes the more stress and then and then the last one was thinking they should be more successful than they are so again coming back to probably a bit of shame in there as well so um what would you say I'd be interesting to know what you Maddie would say about um if somebody feels like talking about it causes more stress and anxiety what would you say to that person? Those reasons that you've just listed off are very similar to the barriers that we hear on Hopeline around people reaching out for help. And I think that it is stressful talking about anything that, that you're worried about, you know, whether it's suicide, whether it's money. And I think that reaching out to confidential helplines is, is a really mm-hmm. good 
place to start because mm. you can practice that mm. you know on Hopeline we can support people with the thoughts of suicide but if they are having money problems as well they can tell us about that and we can also let them know where to get further support from. I love that I love that you said pr- the word practice it's not like we if, if you're worried it might stress you out to do it like ring anonymous like not anonymously but confidentially and just try it like try it out so I like that it doesn't have to be like this amazing conversation that's going to change your whole life it's like just give it a go give it a try I think that's really cool and it is easier said than done I think Mm. even just dialing that number is is huge um but I I think there are many barriers for for reaching out for support for for anything isn't there and I think that as well as professionals if people can be mindful of that as well when they're supporting somebody that it's taken a lot for that person to reach out for help with the money with the suicidal thoughts and, and to be empathetic during that journey as well yeah totally agree I mean that's a really good point because with the cost of living crisis unfortunately people who are in debt or have those money anxieties that it increases that those suicidal thoughts and maybe potentially acting on on suicide so what what are your thoughts on that with the cost of living crisis I think it's forcing the issue to the forefront of people's minds more than I think I've ever seen in my lifetime I think um, perhaps I don't know that I've ever known a time especially in my adult life I mean when I was a kid totally oblivious like a lot of children (laughs) wouldn't know Um, but you get to adult life and you've got that responsibility and I think we're in a time now where money is suddenly it's like a lot of people so what I find is um, most people uh, who have gone through education they come out the other end they get they do what they think they should do which is get educated and then get a job that's what the kind of route we all know. However, what we, what I'm finding the people that are talking to me is that they've done the things they thought they should do, but no, but they're realizing as they sort of get towards their thirties that perhaps no one ever really taught them how to, like there was no education about money. Like how do I make my money work? How do I have what systems should I have in place in my finances? How can I make sure that there's always progress financially? How do I deal with my mindset around money? All that kind of stuff that just wasn't there in our education for most of us. I think some people maybe, but for most of us, plus the fact most of us um, that would be true of the the previous generation. So even in our family life, there's not a culture of um, let's talk about money, let's educate you on money, let's teach you about money for most people. So I think what I'm finding is what's happened is most of us make do right we kind of we just fumble along and we kind of uh have our systems that we think right that'll do this will work we'll get by if we do this based on the bits of knowledge we've picked up along the way however when something like this comes along like a the cost of living crisis where suddenly things are getting changing out of your control and out of your planning the systems that work before just don't work and and the the sort of the way you're sort of getting by that like living paycheck to paycheck, I was just getting by. I was just figuring it out. Suddenly, in a matter of months, that doesn't work anymore. So people have got to that point where it's like, what am I going to do? And and again, like I said, they don't have the education behind it. So you have um, the knowledge and the thoughts and the sort of uh, routes to take and the steps to take to know what they can do about it. So I think it's a very worrying time for people. Um, but again, like I say, I think it's this this season we're in is forcing it's kind of presenting that problem that we have which is we don't know what to do with our money most of us really and that's embarrassing because as an adult you feel like you should you feel like 30 odd like what I should know what I'm doing right and it, and again it's that shame and embarrassment that comes in as a result of that 
And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's that shame and embarrassment. We don't talk about money. We don't talk yeah. about how much savings we've got or how we're handling it in case someone goes, what, you're 25 and you haven't got, you haven't got savings or mm. you, you've, you've not, you've not got a mortgage. You haven't got all, you're not keeping up with it. Yeah. It's, it's that shame there. And that's where people can go into that dark cycle. And especially if you're in debt, it's very difficult then to break those money cycles and those bad habits. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's just like bust that myth open as well, because most people don't have savings, right? Most sort of millennials, Gen Z, the, like most people are not, they if they lost their job tomorrow, they would would have a, maybe like a, a couple of weeks that they, they've got savings for that they could live off of, right? That's where most, like the majority, over 50% of people would be at. So if you're in that position, like you're not on your, like you're so not alone. Like if you are struggling with debt or you don't have savings, that's something we shouldn't be feeling embarrassed about because most of us are in that situation. That's actually more normal than somebody having three to six months emergency funds saved up. That's actually less common. So it's not something, um, you know, it's not something that makes you, uh, oh, you're not doing very well. It's like, no, collectively as a whole, this is where we're at. The majority of people and, and I think that's it is people don't talk about being in debt do they they may talk about having savings but they certainly don't talk about the other side of it and, and being in debt um and I think because people don't talk about it they don't realize that there is help out there mm. um depending on their individual circumstances as well as there being help for debt there's also help for maximizing income as well things like benefits checks and stuff like that what do you think we can do to break that shame around accessing support I think what you guys are doing is amazing like just the fact that you're hosting this podcast you're putting stuff on social media you're talking about it I think like that's that's the start I think and I I I want to um I've actually started to shift even in the last few weeks about how I'm framing my content um, to make it more of a conversation rather than here's some, you know, here's some things that I can teach you about my, like, I want to draw people in. I want to make people feel like they're not going to be judged. They're not going to be shamed for talking about it or being honest. And I think um, the more we can set that tone collectively, um, the you know, to create places and spaces for people that are honest, vulnerable, but uh, you know, no, not judgy and not assuming everyone's got it all sorted and got it together. Um, I think that will help people. I think the fact that you're putting, literally you're putting right behind you, Maddie, now I can see phone numbers. I can see like links, email address. That is, is, it's got to be visual. It's got to be something you can just click a button and you can get the support you need. And I think, I mean, and that's something I'm, I would like to learn from you is, how do I get those? Because I think my resources aren't full enough at the moment. I need to have, you know, if you are in this situation, here's what you can do. I think I need to build that into my sort of repertoire of resources that I've got for people as well. So I think um, I think exactly what you're doing is, is sort of putting out on social media platforms, wherever you can. This is this is how um, this is how to get help but also let's have the conversation I think it's brilliant having that conversation like we would about suicide having that safe space and also that safe space to talk about money and making it it's okay and like what you're saying there on it no judgment there and having that safe conversation I'm worried about money I'm worried about the future and I think it's probably worth mentioning that we are also slightly tilted in our influence right now as well in that two things firstly um the, the media is really tipped right now towards doom and gloom and it's all going down the swanee like 
that there's that, you know all hope is lost right like that's that's kind of the message is it's all that you know it's terrible times we're in terrible times we're in which let's be real they're not great times okay it's not good but that doesn't mean all hope is lost which is exactly the point you are making is that there is always hope there's always something that you can do there's always some help you can get there really is there's always services available there's people that are willing to support you but it it requires you taking that very very vulnerable step of reaching out so I think there's that's one thing is is the sort of doom and gloom media that we're seeing the second thing which is a massive bit in my bonnet right now is how easy it is to buy now pay later it's terrible like the fact that you know, you can go on a website and quite quickly just buy something without any money of your own. It For young people is awful because it's not, again, like I say, we haven't got the education around it. So people aren't coming with a real good understanding of credit and what it means to like pay later, what that actually means in real terms for you. There's not the education to go with that. So it's, you're sort of making this and it's and it looks so like cool. Like you, you go on the website and the buttons all nice and like it looks really trendy. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll just pay later. That's absolutely fine. So what you get is people um finding themselves, especially Christmas time, you know, like buying presents, like, oh, I can't really afford this, or I can't really, I want to go out on this night out and I need a new outfit. I can't really afford it, but oh, it's all right, I'll pay for it in January. But it's that's just you know, that's just becomes like this massive burden then because you're just clocking up all this debt. It doesn't feel like debt because it's buy now, pay later. It doesn't feel like debt, but it becomes debt and it, and it can, it's just too easy. It's too easy for people. And I just don't think there's enough regulation around that or support around that as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think one, one thing is if people are in that position and they are receiving those letters from their creditors, mm-hmm. if they, if they turn them over, mm you know those regulators they state that you have to put the the debt the free confidential debt advice numbers on the back so if anybody is listening and they do have a debt letter just turn it over because the support is on the other side I think you can get scared when you see that number and you know panic put it in a drawer never open a letter again but just turn the letter over and there's numbers on there that you can ring that that's really helpful I actually didn't know that that's really really helpful and I think it's like again it's that um one of the things I, I talk a lot about is the fact that money isn't just numbers, because I think I did maths, right? So so I always think anyone should know that money isn't numbers, it's me, because I did maths at uni and I still didn't have it together by the time I hit 30 when it came to my finances. Like we were okay, but we weren't, we were stuck living paycheck to paycheck. So I know it's not just numbers, <laughs> like it's really not. Um, it's about, it's, it's, it's all of you. It's your goals, your dreams, your ambitions. It's the family overseas that you can't see unless you buy a flight and have the money to do so it's emotional it's 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 relationships like your your other half your spouse your partner you know having conversations with them and the the clashes that can come as a result of of conversations about money that money is so emotional and I think one of the things we, we we tend to do like you say when you get that letter in the post is it's so tempting to just put it in the drawer and to just bury your head in the sand And I think one of the reasons for that is because we don't know what is available. We don't know that there are options. We don't know that there is support. And also even education around money, the stuff I teach about money is so simple. It is not 
which makes it even worse because it's like we could have all learned this at 20 and we'd all be in a lot of a, you know, we'd be a lot more equipped for, for adult life. Um, so the steps around financial literacy, even just the phrase financial literacy sound probably sounds to some people terrifying. It's like, what? Like scary. No, ah, ooh, do I have to read loads of textbooks? Absolutely not. It's it's very simple principles that actually are not, they, they're actually very, very simple and they are doable. They're really doable. And speaking of your TikTok, your TikTok is a fantastic tool to educate people about money and also break those bad money cycles. And it's, it's breaking that taboo, talking money and financial literacy, like you say, talking about it and putting those methods in place. So what yeah. methods, Anna, would you recommend for young people, especially about managing the money? I would, um, I would, firstly, I would say just explore. You know how like you can just go on like a YouTube rabbit hole for like hours and just like get lost in a topic. Give yourself some time to this to just explore and binge watch money content from a reputable provider, like somebody who like, you know, a good, because there's some weird stuff out there, isn't there? That you don't wanna, I don't wanna promote at all. So I get a lot of what I've noticed recently on my videos is I'm getting loads of saves on my videos. So I get likes, which is very nice. Thank you very much. But it's like, there's a lot of saves. And I actually was thinking about this just now. I was thinking, that's actually really good. Like if you, if you could like go to somebody like who's doing good content on money, who, who you respect and you think, yes. And also you have to like their style, right? You don't want to be listening to somebody who's like, oh, their voice is so annoying. So if it's not me, I, I'm not going to be offended. Just find someone you like who does good stuff on money and just save their videos. And then you've got that resource to like fall back on and you're watching it in, um, you know, sort of, it's very bite-sized, it's very easy to digest, and it's not going to be like, take up loads of your brain. It's a nice way to get get started, I think, with, with those videos, because they're very short, and they're good. So there's that. I would say um, any kind of, well, the first thing I always say to people is, um, look back at what you're actually spending. And this is hard, because it means unburying your head in the sand, popping your head up and going, okay, let's actually have a look at the situation. I would say, look back over your spending in the last two to three months and see see where you're actually at and see if you can get, um, I would say, like, look at what's actually coming in, look at what's going out on bills, what is actually going out, and then look at the rest of your spending and see if you can categorize it in eight to 10 categories. And when I do this with my clients, there's always surprises. There's always a bit where you're like, oh my goodness, how much was I spending in Zara? I had no idea idea but again it's that awareness and like looking at looking at really where you're at and then from that place starting to look at building a system or a budget to plan for the month ahead now if you're at that place and you're looking back and you're thinking this is actually way scarier than I thought and that's a very difficult thing that would be the point where I'd say pick up the phone talk to somebody those numbers that you've suggested already I mean Manny would you say does somebody have to be in a really really terrible situation to ring that number like how bad does it have to be or can they just be slightly worried about money and ring that number like what what's the sort of requirement so in terms of hopeline if they're calling us we we are suicide specific so if you're having suicidal thoughts that's when to call hopeline but in terms of other organizations that offer that debt advice they will assess your situation and they'll give you independent advice based on your individual circumstances it's really important to get that debt advice before making any decisions because you need to know that you're making the right decision for your circumstances it doesn't matter if you only have a little bit of worry or a massive worry you know a little bit of debt or a huge debt they're there to support regardless yeah so if you get to the point you've had a little look you've had a little think and you're thinking yeah there's debt there I need some help that would be the point to ring 
yeah there's a there's a few organizations as well there are options there's it's not like there's just one place you mm-hmm. can go to there's step change there's citizens advice there's Nas- the national debt helpline and if you just google those it'll be in there or like i say turn over your debt letter and all of the information's there as well so now it's time for listeners questions which is a brand new segment of the podcast where you get to ask us and our lovely guests questions about the podcast and about the topic in general so the first question maddie i'm gonna hand it over to you yeah so the first question i'm worried about getting through the festive period thinking about money this is affecting me and i'm thinking about suicide what should i do I think firstly, it's really brave that they've reached out and they've spoke to someone because I mean, that's the first step. You're having thoughts of suicide is just having that, whoever it's, whether it's somebody confidential or someone you trust or even somebody, you know, it could be a relative, could be a teacher, anyone like first step is having, saying those words, I'm having thoughts about suicide. So I think that's a really brave thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that um, it's probably worth mentioning as well that the, there is a lot of pressure around the season, um, around the Christmas season. That's unusual pressure. It's just it's, it's it's you know there's this social norms that we have to sort of comply with. There's the family dynamic. So I think getting extra support, um, like I just agree with Lauren. I think it's very brave to even start that. And I think um, get the support now, like do it now in the early stages. Um, so. So you're supported through the season, through the whole season. What you were saying earlier, Anna, about buy now, pay later as well. I I tend to see an increase of, of that being advertised in the festive period as well. You know, it makes its way onto to TV and everything. How can people get through the, the festive period trying to avoid that? Yeah, it's so difficult. I think oh, it's really tough, isn't it? It's just such a mixture of things. I think you've got to ask yourself the question, like if you're buying something for your mum, on credit or like your significant other or your boyfriend I don't know whoever would they want you to go into debt to buy them a present like that you've got to ask yourself that question because we're doing sometimes we're doing it out of a sense of duty and obligation when that's the last thing they would want if they knew like as a mum myself like the idea of my kid when they get to their teenage years or in their 20s going into debt so they could buy me a present is is a horrible thought I would never I just want to be with them and I I just want I just want time with them I just want to be close to them and I think that would be true for most people unless they're really really like I don't know materialistic I think most families just want to be together and I think somewhere along the line we've lost that we've lost sight of that I think so going back to what this is really about the important thing is being close and being together and being with people that's much more valuable than gifts and the second thing is um probably just being clued up on it like just just beware that it is credit it is debt it's not an easier way to pay it's really not like use that frustration to motivate you start of January to start saving for next Christmas so you're ahead you just like right this is what I'd like to spend next year I'm going to start saving in January to get me ready so I don't ever have to go into debt again over Christmas and can enjoy the season more you've made a really good point there it's the education around it knowing actually just because it's on a Klarna or it's on you borrow money or it's debt the thing is that money has to be paid back and it's that yeah. education actually around how debt and how credit works totally so next question I'm worried about going into January after waiting for payday with not knowing that of more price increases and the cost of living what can I do that is hard so going into January not sure what the increase is going to be. Is that the question? Yeah. So the, the listener, so the listener has said, I'm worried about going into January after Christmas, waiting for payday 
with the not knowing of more price increases and the cost of living crisis. What can we do? It, it's such a difficult one because it's so much uncertainty mm. and it's just adding. And I can completely relate to this because where that anxiety just builds up because it's it's the not knowing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, the, the more you can get a grip on your numbers now, the better. So you're really like, as detailed as you can what is your actual income after deductions like what actually comes into your account looking at your your expenses now um, and then that'll give you an idea of, of what buffer you've got and I would say this isn't probably the best Christmas to splurge like some Christmases you might be more plush you know and you might have the opportunity to uh, really go wild but I think this year for most people it's not one of those Christmases and we need to be creative and normalize um, dialing it back a bit like it, it doesn't have to be, doesn't mean it has to be miserable and um, a terrible time. I think there's really creative ways you can have a great time over Christmas without spending quite so much. So I think any way that you can prepare by just spending less now and just having a little bit of a buffer. So I always talk about trying to start to build an emergency fund in your finances. And this is exactly what that's for, is for um, increases like cost of living increases when you don't know. It's that unexpected bill. Like it's that moment where you're like, you thought you planned everything and then something else comes in. That's what an emergency fund's for. So I think if there's any way to start just just uh, squirreling away a bit of money any way you can. And then I always talk to people as well about creative ways of increasing income, which I just I'm not seeing enough of in the, in the press at the moment. It's, it's all about saving. It's all about saving. But there's loads of creative ways you can earn extra income. And that doesn't mean the hustle culture of working all hours of the day all around the clock. There's creative ways you can do this. There's like there's a you know, I've got I've got workshops on this. So if you need more information or you're thinking, yes, actually, I'd love to know how I could like make an extra hundred quid over like in December absolutely I'm happy to help with that in any way so do get in touch if if you want help with that but I think something as well that I've experienced in the past is being paid before Christmas as well you usually yeah. get paid at the end of the month but because of bank holidays and what have you you get paid say the, the 22nd 23rd of December and then it's like a seven week eight week oh. month and, and when you're talking about living paycheck to paycheck I think that that's really tough because it your money has to stretch for so much longer doesn't it oh such a good point I forgot about that one yeah absolutely and then you've got to like not touch that money when it comes in and it's just sitting there and it's like oh I really want to use it um that's an excellent point yeah so th the next question is is kind of similar to this as well it, I'm worried about telling my family that I can't afford Christmas and presents this year how can I tell them? Gosh, again, it comes back to conversation. This is it's, it's the, the theme that runs through it all, I think, is talking, talking it out. But starting those conversations, having those conversations is really tricky because you, you never want to be the party pooper, do you? You never want to be the one that says, I love you, but I can't buy you anything. It just is a horrible feeling. But I think, um, I think, like I said earlier, I think they'd rather know if they love you. I think they'd love, they'd rather know how you're doing. And I think I always suggest with people that when you're having these money conversations, um, again, like money isn't just numbers and it's not just facts and figures, it's you and your emotions. So anytime you can present the conversation in a way where you're talking about how you feel rather than the stats. So if you come to your mum or you're some, you know, someone and you'll be like, right, this is my income. I can't afford a present. If I do that, I can't have this. Da, 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 da. That's likely to, it's, it's not going to get you where you need to go. I think if you come to your, your family, people that care about you, and obviously this has to be in a, it's important to say it has to, money conversation has to be in a safe environment. And there are environments that aren't safe. 
um, which is another topic in itself. You know, there is, you know, financial abuse is a thing. We need to be honest about and read about that. Um, but if you are in a loving and safe environment, go to that person and just say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Well, I don't even have to say that, stress, but, you know, that doesn't have to be as big as that. You can just literally say, I feel like I'm not going to be able to do Christmas like I normally do this year. It's causing me worry. Um, can we chat about that? When would be a good time to talk? And then creating a time that is where you're both relaxed and you feel, um, you know, you're not in a stressful, you know, not walking out the door. I can't buy you a present this year. Bye. And you like shut the door, you know, create time and give it time. It's worth it. It's really worth it. So, you know, a, a calm, peaceful time. If it's your partner, you can go out for a coffee together and just say, like, this is where I'm at. What can we do about that? I'm not sure I can buy presents this year. How do you feel about that? And I, th- I think this year more than ever, there's people are in the same boat. It's very likely that the person you're speaking to is yeah. probably going to breathe a sigh of relief as well because they're in the same same boat. And I know you don't give to receive, but it does become like that, doesn't it? That pressure of knowing you're not going to get them a present. They might actually think, oh, yeah, I couldn't afford it for yeah. you either. And I'm glad you've said that. And, you know, it can open that conversation up both ways then. And even just exploring the idea of experiences rather than gifts. Most like, is it, I think it's like one in 10 gifts re- get returned. I can't remember this. I'm picking that out of thin air. I think I read that this week. So if it's wrong, I think it's about that. One in 10 gifts get, get returned. You know, what about if you just go, look, let's just have an afternoon together. We just go to, the, you know, we'll just go out, go for a walk, take a picnic, lunch. I don't know. Go for a coffee. Like coffee's £3.50. Like that's a lot cheaper than a £20 gift. So I think people, I, I agree. I think people are going to be feeling it too. You're the one to initiate the conversation. They probably will breathe a sigh of relief and go, oh, thank goodness. And I think you hit the nail on the head before again, Anna. It's company. People think people value your company more yeah. than a gift. It's true what they say, money doesn't buy your happiness. It really doesn't. Because you can keep buying and giving as much as one, but it doesn't beat having that that human connection, does it? Yeah, exactly. So the final listener's question, I can't stop thinking about money and the cost of living crisis. I can't stop worrying about the future and I don't want to be here anymore. How can I stop these thoughts? I think this one might be a good one for you, Maddie, to answer. Yeah, I, I think experiencing suicidal thoughts is incredibly difficult and if you if you factor in also worrying about money and the uncertainty of all of that like we've covered it can create this this situation where you feel that you can't go to anybody for help you feel very backed in a corner and and when you're feeling trapped that's a time when suicide does become an option I think that it's really important to reach out for help Hopeline UK is there Hopeline UK is there every single day of the year and you know we can support you with your suicidal thoughts um, the number is 0800 068 4141 if you don't want to be here anymore pick up the phone text us you can find all of our details on our website um, www.papyrus-uk.org and initiate that conversation we can support you nobody should be on their own thinking about suicide and we're here for you I know there's other things in there as well around the money worries and the cost of living crisis I think to tackle that issue you have to be alive so firstly reach out for the suicide prevention support but then after that we you know that that's a discussion that perhaps we can open up and signpost you to further support as well what what do you two think around not being able to stop thinking about money it being on your mind constantly do you have any tips or tricks on on how to distract or how to feel like you're taking control of that situation as well what do you think lauren 
I think it's it's a real tough one because no one should be so worried about money and be thinking about suicide and it's, it's just a heartbreaking thought. I think it, it doesn't help that it's in the media constantly and the media is very good at playing mind games with people. It's very good at rising and creating that anxiety. So I think that would be a tip for me if you're if it's getting too much don't put the news on I know it's really difficult try not to go on social media reach out to people by all means you know someone you trust but I think seeing people hearing to having a fantastic life who's looks like they're always on holiday or they're out spending they've got the latest things that just makes you feel worse about yourself so I that would be the first thing for me to initially think about and I think it's just breaking that that taboo and it's it's such it's taking that first step by saying I'm having thoughts about suicide and I'm feeling that way and then getting reaching out to Hopeline and speaking to someone tra- a trained advisor they can work through suicide safety planning help break down those those thoughts getting that help that you need yeah I agree I think if it's in your head and it's going round and round and round um so I've struggled with mental health in the past I've had severe depression in my early 20s and I know what it's like to be stuck in like a cycle of thinking that you it's really hard to break I found for myself personally the only way to break that is to get it out of your head to get it either down on paper or better still like Lauren said share it with another person because then they can shed light on what's going on and they can offer support and help and I think um, when you keep things in and you try and hold it together that's where it can actually it's not going to improve Um, I think sometimes we think we can think our way out of things um, and and try and problem solve ourselves. But I think the the way it's going to improve is by sharing, which is incredibly vulnerable and you need to be brave for that. But it is um, at that point, that's where you can shed light on it and you can actually get, you know, you can start to break that cycle, I think. Hopeline, it's it's that important word, hope cast. Hope yes. that message of you, your darkest days overcome this. And with the work that Maddie does as a Hopeline advisor, it can you can overcome these obstacles at your lowest point. Yeah. And I, I think we focused a lot here on, I know these are questions from, from listeners, but we focused a lot on what they can do. They can reach out for support. I think it's also really important for us to be vigilant around mm. the people around us as well. You know, if we are recognising those signs that, they might be struggling you know if they're not opening the mail you know they're not opening the letters initiate that conversation with them as well and if you need any advice on how to initiate a conversation about suicide Hopeline can help with that too if you're concerned for somebody else that's such a brilliant point Mandy I think that's that's brilliant it's like us as a community in your community watching out for others and and spotting the signs I think that's really really like very important point as well absolutely and it's indicating that safe space by just mentioning oh what are these letters or are you thinking about something what's what's going on it's opening that door to have that safe conversation surrounding suicide and money well thank you so much Anna for joining us it's been invaluable speed of it we could pick your brains all day your expertise you've been absolutely fantastic thank you thanks for having me it's great to speak to you both and where can people find you Anna where can people find my money for millennials where can people get all these facts and information all this invaluable stuff that you share I would love you to join me on TikTok we are talking about it like almost every day it's my it's on TikTok I'm money for millennials and on Instagram I'm my money for millennials and then all the links to everything else you can find there so I go to those Instagram TikTok come chat to me 
What a wonderful conversation we've just had with Anna. I'm so glad that she could join us, Maddie. I know, what a guest to have. Anna really knows her stuff and I'm sure that she's helping so many people without realising on a TikTok just by talking about money. Breaking that taboo, isn't it? Like we talked about in this episode, it's breaking the stigma around having financial struggles, financial literacy, having that safe place to talk about it. Yeah. So make sure you follow Anna on Instagram and TikTok for more tips surrounding finances. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this month's Hopecast. And thank you, Maddie, for joining me. It's been brilliant to have you on board. Well, thanks for having me, Lauren. I've really enjoyed it. And like we talk about preventing suicide, we should also talk more about preventing debt and having that safe conversation, crucially with people that we trust about our finances. And I think now is more important than ever to have that conversation with the challenging times we're in and we're going into, and especially during December and Christmas, it can be really tough on a lot of people. But having that conversation, break that to be with your family saying, I'm struggling to afford Christmas this year. Let's not do presents. I know it's a really tough conversation, but like Anna says, they'd rather have you here and not be in debt than live beyond your means absolutely and remember that hopeline uk is here to support you our number is 0800 068 4141 absolutely hopeline uk is here to support you and you can also text into hopeline as well can't you maddie if you don't want to have that initial phone call you can also contact um over text as well yeah you can and the number for that is 07860 039 967 